the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. If it's Monday, it's time for Brandon J. Weikert. He is the publisher of The Weikert Report, theweikertreport.com. He is the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, columnist for the Asia Times and other outlets. He is our uh, global policy international affairs expert. And um, it may be a little bit about his upcoming, his forthcoming book that we want to talk to him about more today, which is titled The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. Their quest may have, they may have gotten a little bit closer to it over the last several days. Brandon, welcome back. Happy Monday. Well, happy Monday, and thanks for that nice intro, as always. And, uh, uh, you you know, the crazy thing about writing this book, uh, The Shadow War, is that, you know, I could technically keep updating it because since Biden took office, Basically, there's been a new development every week, yeah. and none of them good. None yeah. of them good for us. No, it's interesting. I mean, I, let's start. Let, can I start with a thesis, and, and you just take me down, or, sure. or edit it, or amend it, or condemn it, whatever you want to do. You're the expert. <laughs> My thesis has been this, Brandon. Um, it's it's a good thing for the American people. Uh, to have their heartstrings tugged by what's taking place, if you know, uh, with Russia's swallowing of the Ukraine, it, it's the right sentiment. It's the right sympathy. The virtue signaling, however, needs to be tempered, and the rhetoric needs to be lowered, because I fear that the expectations are going to be unmet. There's not sure. much more this administration seems willing to do to stop what's taking place or to reverse what's taking place other than continue to diminish our own moral credibility, trying to stop one rogue authoritarian in Vladimir Putin on the one hand. And so over the weekend in the cover of darkness, we go out to other rogue dictators to help us like Iran and like Venezuela. And oddly on the Venezuela front, Nick Maduro who's not even the leader of the country, the, the leader that this country recognizes. Right. Right. At what well, level of yeah. self-debasement do we say enough is enough and just shut the hell up because nothing better is going to happen than this? Right. Well, the, the first point is, is that there's not much more we can do in Ukraine short of creating a no-fly zone, which is what some of these people on the Hill are advising to do, and that would initiate a direct war, a nuclear war, with Russia uh, over Ukraine, and nobody would benefit from that, least of all the Ukrainians, who we should be keeping, you know, at, you know in the center of this thing. Uh, and the second thing is, uh, uh, we are at the same time resisting to the best of our ability through giving these weapons and intelligence support and equipment uh, uh, to the Ukrainians. We are resisting the Russians and, and Ukraine, and yet we are turning around and we are going to Vladimir Putin's government and saying, please help us with Iran right. and uh, get an Iran deal. Because we, we need an Iran deal in order to, you know, get Biden his big win, his diplomatic victory that he's wanted 
since he ran for president in 2020, which is to say, I returned us, I restored the uh, Obama-era nuclear agreement. I made peace in the Middle East. This is the pathway to peace. Thank you very much. Give me my Nobel Prize. And so that is what Biden's playing for, or the people around him uh, and his wife, Joe Biden, are playing for. Um, and it is insane to me because we seem to think that Vladimir Putin is two different individuals at once, that he will right. at the same time fight. He's fighting us in Ukraine, or he's fighting our proxies in Ukraine, that he's somehow not going to link that conflict with the Biden administration's obsession, unhealthy obsession, with the nuclear arms deal uh, with Iran. And of course he will. And just over the weekend, I don't know if you saw, uh, but the, and the Russian representative uh, to the Iranian negotiations was interviewed, I think it was Al Jazeera or one of those foreign Middle Eastern uh, networks, and he explicitly said, we, with the Chinese, coordinated with Iran to maximize Iran's benefit in the talks with the, quote, desperate Americans. Right. And so, you know, here we have this insane situation where it's really great power politics on display. You've got Russia and China are the other two counterweights in the United States in the global system right now. And we have to go through either both or one or other one or one of those um, uh, two countries to get these deals so-called done that Biden wants to do. And none of these deals are good. And about Venezuela, real quick, the reason that we're trying to reach out also to Iran and Venezuela is not just to ameliorate a potential rogue regime, but Biden wants to reach out to try to get them to open their oil spigots so that will lower the global price of oil. Well, guess what? Venezuela told uh, Mr. Biden's representative, obviously, that we're not interested in working with you, even though Venezuela needs to sell their oil as much as we now need to get it out of the world market which indicates to me that there's a much larger degree of coordination going on between these authoritarian anti-American states and uh, against the Americans at a time when most of these countries, led by Russia and China, know, not just think, but know that the Biden administration is weak and can be pushed around. And now we have a real nightmare where the Eurasian autocrats are reaching out to other autocracies around the world and forming a link and forming a chain to stymie and stunt America's ability to not only project power, but also our ability to, to lower the cost of energy onto ourselves in the world. And this is a real nightmare scenario, and we are not prepared for it. Thank you, Brandon. And I want to get back to the Iran deal in just a moment. It's merits and demerits. I want to just uh, uh, put, follow up on one thing you said, which is there's precious little more the United States can do with regard to Russia and Ukraine. Well, we don't know the exact effect it would have. But it is maddening that the United States will do everything possible, including working with Nick Maduro and Vladimir Putin, to ensure that we will continue to, to buy Vladimir Putin's oil. I yeah. mean, it is a maddening thing that we are, I think, doing this so that we will have Russia's help in getting to the table yes. with the Iranians. The Iranians yes. aren't that excited to meet with us. We need Russia to no. push them as we beg them to meet with us, and Russia won't do it if we're not sending them tens of millions of dollars in petrodollars every day. We're funding their war machine. Exactly my point. Russia. Yes, that's and the better so, way yes, to put there's, it. There are two things we could do right now. The first thing is completely remove all restrictions on any domestic energy production and exploration whether it's oil shale, whether, you know, any of the, the fossil fuels, just say, let it rip for the next two to five years, whatever, which it's, it's open season for domestic energy producers for fossil fuels. 
There's going to be nothing we will stop you with. You just do what you need to do. That announcement alone would probably calm the market because the problem with the oil market right now that causes price to increase is volatility. That's what people are worried. That's what causes the price to go up. When you start pulling supply off the market even a little bit, that causes the global price to go up. And so by injecting the North American fossil fuel goods uh, onto the global market, even if it's a marginal amount at first, that will at least stop the rising price. Right. And the second thing, you know, this is, a, this is actually an opportunity for the Democrats to say, hey, look, remember we've been talking about alternative energy. Well, on top of releasing uh, all restrictions on uh, the North American fossil fuel uh, production and exploration, we're also now going to create a Manhattan Project-like event where we will fund, um, you know, research and development into viable, viable alternative energy, things like nuclear energy, things like nuclear fusion R&D, things like a space-based, space-based solar power, which I talk about in my book, Winning Space, uh, things like hydropower. Um, geothermal power. We will start exploring those things uh, so that we can also combine that with our North American fossil fuel production and create a real kind of a la carte approach to getting off of uh, foreign sources of, of uh, energy. But the administration's not really doing that. I'm not really sure what the Biden administration is doing other than going hat in hand, not only to our enemies in Iran or Venezuela or Russia begging them for help with with the oil price, but also going to Saudi Arabia, uh, which is a friend technically, but the Biden administration in particular has spent the last year and a half going out of its way to make into an enemy. And now Biden goes, he's sending his people to meet with uh, Mohammed bin Salman to say, please help us lower the price. And MBS and his people are like, no, why wouldn't they? Right. And why would they? Because they're benefiting from the price. And also we spent the last year and a half under Biden and the Democrats calling MBS a, a war criminal right. and a humanitarian violator. Well, why would he want to help us? Brandon, I do want to do the Iranian, uh, the, the, the merits and demerits of what's ha- taking place there. But just as a psychological matter, uh, we have to hit the break. We'll pick up yeah. on this thought when we come back. As a, as a psychological matter, though, it does seem to me that this administration is hell-bent on doing anything and everything possible except the one obvious thing, which was to reopen the exploration in the United States. I mean, I think when John yeah. Kerry said, let's not, as bad as the Russia-Ukraine invasion is, let's not take our eye off the ball and how it can disrupt what we're trying to do with climate change, I really do think that is the overarching view. And to hell oh, with the is. Ukrainian people on the way there. Can we address that when we come back? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Brandon J. Weikert. TheWeikertReport.com is his website. He spells his name W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. And he's happy to take your questions, too. 602-5080-960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. We'll talk about the Iran deal with just a, uh, in just a moment with Brandon Weikert. He, uh, he, he sees the connection here, and he's going to do it for us all. On the way to getting there, Brandon uh, J. Weikert, let me put this to you. Um, I've been talking to a lot. I know you talk to a lot. I've been talking to a lot of people of diverse opinions over the last uh, five days, and especially about this um, this this hard nosed view that the last thing we're going to do is reopen exploration in the United States and energy domestic energy production in the United States. Today, the Vice President of the United States, channeling John Lennon, gave a speech. Imagine a future 
The freight trucks that deliver bread and milk to our grocery store and shelves and the buses that take children to school and parents to work. Imagine all the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Imagine that they produce zero emissions. Well, you imagined it. That's why we're here today, because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been and then to make the possibility actually happen. I think they're living in a dream world, Brandon, that imagining it is it. But in the meantime, we're paying tens of millions of dollars a day to Vladimir Putin because we refuse to take the eye off the ball, according to John Kerry, which is cleaning up our own energy and greenhouse emissions in the world in the middle of this war. Yeah. Well, they imagine that, but they won't imagine a world in which the Americans dominate space. They imagine that, but they won't imagine a world in which we actually invest in real alternative energy, like nuclear fission, like nuclear fusion. The stuff that actually will move society forward, they won't do. It's hydro, it's, it's, it's wind power and these other gobbledygook things like ethanol um, that actually do a lot of damage when you look into the data. That actually ethanol, for instance, was one of their big things in the early 2000s. That was actually spiking the price of food around the world because you're taking limited food supply and taking a portion of it and using it for fuel to burn, right. which is insane. Right. And so there, there you have more pipe dreams. And, and at the end of the day— But less food for reason, cows. Less food for cows, which right. are also an enemy. Right. 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 And, right. of course, this, is all, this all gets back to who is driving policy in the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. At the outset, I said Biden or rather his people because I am not convinced that Biden is actually in control of anything. We are, and I actually agreement. think that he has a, a cadre of people around him. Some of, sometimes that group competes with one another for control and access. But right now, from the beginning, actually, the John Kerry Susan Rice wing has been the most important wing of the groups that are running the Biden administration. They're the ones with the widest amount of access to the, the levels of power. They have no specific portfolio. Uh, Susan Rice is a foreign policy background, yet she's billed as a domestic Yeah, policy that's the government. weird one, isn't it? All she's done and her well, whole life is tethered, foreign policy, so she'll right. be the chairman of domestic policy. Right. And yeah. she's, tethered, right. she's tethered to John Kerry, right. who, of course, was formerly a foreign policy guy his entire career, right. but now he is a uh, climate czar, and he has a suite of offices at the top of Foggy Bottom, the capital of state, the, uh, the headquarters for our State Department. And by the way, his old right-hand man, going back to you know decades, was Tony Blinken, who is, of course, the Secretary of State. So you have in the in this Biden administration, you have a real obsession with some of the most powerful, most well-connected elements of Biden advisors with global warming and doing whatever it takes. This is why. The, the Biden administration, even though they talk a big game and have spoken a big game about going after China, they really haven't done much going after China because Biden's team, led by John Kerry, Susan Rice, and that sort of wing, is obsessed with trying to get China on board with climate change uh, agreements and treaties. So they want to play nice with them at the end of the day. It's why we have no problem going after Russia, which, let's face it, we're not as exposed to as, as, as we are China. Uh, and so we're going to go after Russia hard, but we're not going to go after the real big culprit of foreign policy crises and of uh, environmental crises, China. And this is all part of John Kerry's grand scheme to win China over and to win uh, you know, the rest of the world onto his climate change agenda so that we can stop global warming, even if it means ordinary Americans are paying, get ready, $200 a barrel uh, per gallon. This is something I heard from a colleague of mine. In the oil industry, they are anticipating uh, the international price of oil reaching $200 a 
a barrel uh, by the end by the summer. And so get ready for that because this is where it's all leading. Connecting those dots, I got I got to stop you. Connecting those dots as you just did, Brandon. You know, there's an old little internal conservative joke, I suppose, hum- piece of humor that Barry Goldwater <clears throat> Barry Goldwater ran for president in 1964 and it took 16 years to count the votes. <laughs> John Kerry ran for president in 2004. I'm listening to you. It sounds like it just took 16 years to count those votes. Yeah. Well, he manipulated the system. Now he's he, he the president. Out, yeah. 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 We are living under he John Kerry's to, America. He figured out how to how to manipulate, you know, behind the scenes. That's the thing. There's more power being behind the president, right. especially a weak president, right. than there is being in front of, you know, being the, the president. Because the president has to answer to the voters. But if you're one of those advisors who's well-connected and a D.C. power player like John Kerry who's been there for decades, you know, you know how to manipulate the system. You know how to game it behind closed doors without any accountability, or at least not until it's all over, until it's too late. And that's what we're living with now. Brandon, uh, one other thought before we get to the details of, of, of Iran itself, but one other thought. You had mentioned American companies stopping uh, their business with Russia. There's another whole area of virtue signaling that's taking place, and all these banners of all these companies were supposed to say, oh, good, I'm glad they did that. Not a one of them, not a one of them has raised a peep about doing business in China, and a lot of them, a lot of them have spent millions of dollars lobbying against legislation that would make it harder to import import slave labor goods from China. And, and I can do you one better. This morning I was listening. The Republicans in Congress want to give Biden the ability to unilaterally impose tariffs on any good or service coming out of Russia and or Belarus. And I'm sitting there going, do we import that much from Belarus? Do we have to compare that, compare that, compare that to China? You know? Like, this is so weak. This is weak sauce. This is pathetic. And it's Do we import that well. much from Belarus? Sorry, I haven't laughed all week. No, no, That's well, good. Because, because I was laughing this morning when I was driving listening to that news going, what in the heck? Who cares? It looks like small ball. But we what will not doing? talk about it with China. By golly, by gosh, not, not China. And that- the one, and that's the one that's the most dangerous, of course, because that's for 40 or 50 years now, how China went from being a giant version of North Korea led by Mao instead of Kim, to now being the second largest economy, they're a hyperpower, and they're on the way to displacing us, and it's not going to be pretty when they do. And th- this is all from decades of bad trade policy, and it's sad. Boy, C.S. Lewis had it right in his uh, screw, tape, screw tape letter saying we direct the fashionable outcry of each generation against those vices which we are in least danger and approve the right. virtue nearest the vice which we are trying to make more so common. True. I mean, he nailed it. All right. Let me take this quick break with you, Brandon. When yeah. we come back, let's talk about what we're looking at with Iran. I'm Seth Liebson. He is Brandon Weikert. 602-508-0960 is the number. As we go to break, let me put in a word for our friends at Midas Gold Group. Think about the people who have managed immigration policy and the border and COVID and what's taking place in Ukraine right now. They are the same people who are managing our finances and your dollar. We are asking you to protect yourself and your assets with a call to Midas Gold Group. The experts at Midas understand how gold and silver can add profitability and protection, perhaps most importantly, privacy and security to your finances 
No pushy salespeople at Midas. They are veteran-owned, and they will help you make an informed decision about precious metals and how they might fit in to your portfolio. Give them a call at 480-360-3000 or go to MidasGoldGroup.com. Coming to you live from the Guns Etc. studios, it is a delight to have Brandon J. Weicker with us. His current book, published book, is Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. Great read, important read. It is the roadmap. But his next book will be the yellow and red light for what we are engaging on, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy, which will be out later this year. Brandon you know, you talk to the average person on the street. Why wouldn't we want to deal with Iran? Why wouldn't we want to keep them from right. acquiring nuclear weapons? That's all That's right. all Joe Biden's trying to accomplish here. Right. Right. Well, it has to do with ideology. It has to do with history. Um, and I get into this in the book, The Shadow War. Um, pretty early on, as you know, in the book, I try to address it head on. Uh, basically, this goes back to ancient uh, Islamic history, the Sunni-Shiite divide, the Shiites are viewed as the minority within the majority Sunni Muslim world. The Shiites were historically oppressed. Uh, they believed that they and their movement were the proper heir to Muhammad, the Prophet Muhammad, uh, when he died. They, they thought the Shiites would succeed him in running the Islamic empire that Muhammad had founded. But uh, the, the Sunni, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Aisha, uh, Muhammad's favorite child bride, had convinced uh, the majority of Muslims that, in fact, it should be uh, the next leaders after Muhammad should be decided by jurists, by Islamic, uh, you know, religious experts, rather than just line of succession, which is what the Shiites wanted. So this long conflict began back then, all the way through to today, um, and now the Iranian regime, uh, which is an Islamist regime, uh, is quite radical truly wants to enact some degree of cosmic vengeance upon its ancient enemies in the Sunni Islamic world, as well as to go after the so-called Christian crusaders, the infidels, you and I, uh, as well as the, you know, the Jewish uh, you know, state of Israel, uh, and, which is a religious enemy as well to Shiite Islam. So this is a, a, not just a religious mandate, uh, but it's a political doctrine as well, going back to the Grand Ayatollah Khomeini, who founded the Islamic Republic of Iran. Uh, the, the Iranians will not brook any kind of peaceful resolution uh, that does not see them as the chosen successor of Mohammed, ruling at the very least the entire um, greater, Muslim, greater Middle East, the, the Muslim world. And they will go to great lengths to ensure that they, they can achieve that objective, including and not stopping short of uh, launching nuclear war in some fashion against the United States, its allies, Israel, and the Sunni Arab states. At the very best, what we can hope for is that Saudi Arabia uh, and Israel can start coordinating together in order to counteract whatever uh, gains the Iranians are about to make by this Biden uh, nuclear deal. But um, now that the Russians and Chinese are so close to Iran, and that Russia's trying to get so close to both Saudi Arabia and Israel, and China's so close to Saudi Arabia, you now have a condition wherein Saudi Arabia's regime is looking to maybe take the Sunni Arab states through Russia and China and use Russia and China to, to make Iran play nicer with the Sunni Arabs, while possibly possibly selling the Israelis out. Uh, and the Israelis are going to be the odd man out, which means that the Americans are going to be the odd man out, because even more 
than the uh, Saudis, the Israelis are our direct conduit into the region. And we need that region, not least of all because we need to maintain a global price of oil that is amenable not just to American consumers, but to European and Asian consumers, our allies. And we can't do that if China and Russia are running the country or running the region there through their proxies in Iran, who are going to be trying to spike that price left and right, uh, for us at least, selectively, uh, as tensions increase between us and the Eurasian autocrat. If you listen, that, 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 that is a great overview, Brandon. If you listen to the spokesman for the administration or the administration itself, they will tell you, we just want to return to where we were before Donald Trump shredded the JCPOA, and that what was taking place was working very well. Could you address that on the other side of this break? I can, absolutely. Thank you very much. Brandon Weikert will be right back with us. Take a moment to put in a word for our friends at Balance of Nature, who helped bring this show to you, balanceofnature.com. Pure, potent plant power, the only whole food supplement with no additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides or added sugar. What do I mean by added? The only sugar in there is the sugar that comes from tomatoes and fruits and bananas naturally, oranges, wild blueberries, sweet cherries. It's got nothing added to it but the pure fruits and veggies they put in there using their unique cold press process, maintaining and preserving all the benefits of those fruits and veggies. Balanceofnature.com. I take it every day. It keeps me well every day. Go to balanceofnature.com. Check out their fruits and veggies. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Discount code BALANCE at balanceofnature.com. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, brought to you live from the Guns Etc. Studios. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest. He is the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. His upcoming book coming out this year, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. So, Brandon, if you listen to this administration, all they want to do is kindly return us to the halcyon days of the JCPOA that existed between Barack Obama's uh, two tenures and uh, experience with Iran. Was that, was, was that such a great era of keeping Iran in check? Absolutely not. Um, that was a, um, a pathway or a uh, blueprint for ensuring that Iran got the bomb. You know, the, the, the Democrat idea of uh, Iran, quote-unquote, negotiations over uh, their nuclear agreement was akin to how we talk about, you know, teaching... Uh, kids about abortion or sex education. The Democrats say the earlier the better. That way they'll have a safe and you know pre- you know uh-huh. way of doing it. Uh-huh. Uh, and of course, it's it's very irresponsible when you teach increasingly young people those things uh, and you introduce them mm. to those ideas before they are ready. Mm. Well, something similar was akin to what was going on with the Iran nuclear agreement, where Obama was not interested at all in preventing nuclear weapons from falling into the hands of the mullahs. He just wanted to be able to make sure they got it safely and easily and that it wasn't too destabilizing for the region and the world. Well, of course, this regime is a revolutionary regime. It is built on a revolutionary ethos of expanding and fighting against the Dar al-Harb, as the Arabs say. This is, of course, Kurdish which is Farsi, but it's the same concept. Uh, the House of War versus, versus the House of Peace. And Iran supposedly is the House of Peace 
and they must destroy the house of war. And therefore, uh, Obama and now Biden are following this tried and failed democratic methodology of negotiation, where you don't actually stand up to something you don't like. You give into it over time. You incrementally get into it until it's legal and until it's, it's okay and accepted. And then you're all getting blown up and you're wondering why you're being burned. Uh, you know, this is, this is the negotiating pattern. It's not a negotiation. It is a concession. Uh, the original agreement allowed for Iran to basically have complete nuclear weapons capability by 2028. That was what was in the agreement. The sunset clauses went into effect, though, around 2024. Now we are talking about maybe four years earlier Iran having the agreement that they need to allow for them to have full nuclear weapons legally, uh, according to the, the Biden version. Uh, and they're trying to blame that on Donald Trump because he supposedly for a year and a half pulled us out of that bad deal. But it wasn't Donald Trump's fault. If anything, the minute we pulled out of that agreement and Donald Trump started assassinating uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guards commanders willy-nilly along with the Israelis, Iran was on its knees. We were punching them. We were pushing them back. We were slowing them down in ways that hadn't been done since the Stuxnet computer virus that was visited upon them in 2009 that Obama took credit for. It was actually the, the concoction uh, of George W. Bush and his outgoing administration in 2008. So my point is, uh, this agreement that Biden is crafting is a concession, and it will in no way hinder or slow Iran from getting nuclear weapons beyond what they may already have now. Remember, we don't actually know for sure what they actually have or don't have. We know they have some stuff that they need for a nuclear weapons capability. We just don't know how much of it they have. No, they were not transparent with the inspectors, no. else, uh, even though they were required to be, and we kept lying right. to ourselves that they were. Right. Right. And they're partnered with North Korea. Right. And also, the two of them, North Korea and Iran, are partnered with Russia and China. And something that I've been talking about for the last few months is in January and during the spate of North Korean missile tests, uh, apparently our DOD confirmed that, yes, the North Koreans somehow have something we don't have, which is a rudimentary hypersonic weapons capability. And the question I had is, who the heck gave them that? I think it was either Russia or China who are light years ahead of the Americans in hypersonic technology. And I think now you have that nuclear nexus of autocratic powers, China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, not just sharing ballistic missile tech and weapons tech and nuclear weapons tech, but now possibly sharing game-changing hypersonic weapons technology with each other. And my question now is, if I'm right, if either Russia and or China gave hypersonic tech, to North Korea, how much longer before North Korea offloads that tech to their buddies in Iran? And now you've got a real big problem for Israel, the Sunni Arabs, and to a larger, to a more distant extent, us. And this is nothing we're doing under Biden is going to slow down the threat or stymie it. Only Trump, only Trump slowed it down. And he's gone now, and we are now left to the slaughter. Yeah, it seems to me if Iran is bent on acquiring a nuclear weapon, it can be done one of two ways, with us either lying to ourselves as we pay them money or with us not lying to ourselves as we take out their terrorist leaders who have American right. blood on their hands. It just That's seems right. that those are the two ways to go about doing this. And in neither case is terrorism ever, ever on the table for negotiations. John Kerry, again, 
admitted as much last time around when he said, I cannot guarantee that the billions we're giving to Iran will not end up in the hands of terrorists. He can't guarantee it means basically there's a green light, not even close to a yellow light. Right, right, absolutely. Uh, it's a disaster. And, and by the way, we're talking a lot about Ukraine and we're worried about Taiwan. I actually think the big flashpoints for a world war, and I say this in my new book, is the Iranian crisis, which we are feeding into with these Neville Chamberlain-like policies, but also a potential, we don't have to get into it today, but a potential uh, Chinese invasion or attack of northern India at the same time we're looking at Taiwan. I think those are the two flashpoints that very few people today are fixated on. They're fixated on Russia and Ukraine and maybe beyond in Europe, then also China and Taiwan. I would be very closely focused on Iran being the trigger in the next year or so uh, of a major regional, possibly nuclear world war, uh, because they're not going to drop this nuclear weapons program. If anything, they're going to accelerate and expedite it. And now they're going to have the legitimacy of this so-called deal that Biden is giving them, where they're getting international trade, they're selling their oil on the market with no restrictions, and now they're also getting Russian and Chinese military, economic, and technological assistance at the same time they're being integrated into the wider world. So they're going to be feeling very strong and very confident. And that crazy ideology that they're governed by, uh, the Islamist ideology, that Shia millenarianism, is going to be exacerbated into some greater conflict or action against their neighbors that will inevitably draw in the great powers and could potentially lead to a world war. You kind of look at what the mullahs decide, right, to understand what they're up against. And uh, what they did decide was to take... Uh, one radical leader and replace him with a more radical leader. That That's should right. tell us something. Right. They are not That's in the right. mood right. to moderate. No, and Raif is actually, I mean, the, the previous one uh, was, was pretty bad, Rouhani. But he was actually, he was, you could at least have a conversation with him. Raif was the guy that the mullahs during the revolution would send in to torture pregnant women who were part of the Fedayi uh, cop and the Mujahideen cop, which were these sort of quasi-Marxist, uh, rebellion movements that were fighting the, the uh, Islamists in the 1970s and 80s. Uh, Raizi was a prosecutor. Uh, he was a religious cleric as well. And he literally tortured pregnant women for fun. Uh, this is who you're dealing with. This is a man who takes great pleasure in sadism. Uh, and he is, he is not going to, you know, slow down the program. He's not going to seek deals with the West. He's going to demand concessions. And he will extract them any way he can with the price of blood. And that is where we're headed. People do not realize how bad this is. You've got Putin, you've got Raisi, uh, Khomeini as well, Kamani, uh, you've got Xi Jinping, you've got Kim Jong-un. Those four or five people, uh, the great man power, uh, the great man theory of history is being tested today, and their personalities are going to drive this thing, and Biden's specklessness is going to get us all killed, frankly. Brandon Weikert, at least we have you, too. We have you, too. <laughs> Bless you, sir, and thank you for everything you thank do you. with and for us, our country, and our world. Until next week, sir. Thank you. God bless and Godspeed. We'll be right back. Just to put a uh, fine point on uh, what Brandon was saying, the Wall Street Journal yesterday, the 2015 Accords with Iran provided Iran with billions of dollars in sanctions relief in exchange for temporarily slowing 
nuclear development. Obama officials hoped this would moderate Iran's behavior abroad, but the deal didn't stop the country's missile development or support for terrorism, both of which the Islamic Republic pursued with a vengeance after the deal was struck, inked in 2015. Donald Trump left the deal in 2018 and pursued a a maximum pressure sanctions campaign. Iran began openly violating the deal and gaining irreversible nuclear knowledge, gains that have made the old deal simply irrelevant. The Trump administration also imposed sanctions related to Iran's terror support, and leaks to the media suggest the Biden administration is willing to lift both those and the nuclear sanctions to get a renewed deal. The 2015 deal was also based on the assumption that the West had a full accounting of Iran's nuclear problem, but the regime stonewalled the International Atomic Energy Agency. On Saturday, the U.N. agency in Tehran announced a plan to clear up questions about undeclared nuclear sites. Isn't that lovely? We are just now getting admissions from Iran that they had undeclared nuclear sites. But IAEA chief Rafael Grossi suggested the issues ultimately might never be resolved. Iranian military sites were always off the table and are still likely to be off limits to inspectors in a new deal. Isn't that interesting? Did anyone ever tell people who supported the Iran nuclear deal that? Well, yes, inspections, but not of military sites. Why the U.S. desperation, the Wall Street Journal asks. Secretary Anthony Blinken said Sunday on Face the Nation that it wants to put Iran's nuclear program, quote unquote, back in the box. But it's a box made of cardboard. Even if Iran abides by the deal again, quote unquote, scare quotes, its provisions already have started to expire. And by 2031, Tehran will be able to freely produce and stockpile weapons grade uranium with impunity. A new deal will also shower Iran with tens of billions of dollars to stir mayhem in the Middle East. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg asked about all of this last week, said all options are on the table when he was asked about whether the U.S. could purchase Iranian oil again. Brilliant. Impose sanctions on Russia, then support Russian ally Iran. They speculate Venezuela could be next. They speculated too early. It already is. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 